Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by the Anxiety Slayer Academy. We've been offering a free podcast for over eight years to help anyone suffering from anxiety find relief. And now we're helping you go deeper by providing step-by-step support on how you can get the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Visit Anxiety Slayer Academy and get your free Anxiety Slayer starter course at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Sevier. We come together weekly on Skype to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. And together we share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. Hi, Ananga. Hey, Shen. Great to be with you today for another supportive episode of Anxiety Slayer. Today, we're going to be discussing what you can do when anxiety makes you feel like hiding from the world. I know that many of our listeners can relate to this question. I know I can. Yeah, me too. And you and I have talked a lot about how we can suffer with anxiety due to the expectations of others to match up against something that's, that isn't our own nature along with many other things. But let's, let's start there, the expectation piece. I think it's really important when we're voicing a concern to explore it. When you're saying... What do I do? My anxiety makes me feel like hiding from the world. To really take a pause and allow some quiet time to think about that. Maybe journal on it and just think, what does that mean to you? Is it that you're expecting yourself to do more than you feel comfortable doing? Is it that others are expecting you to do more than you feel comfortable doing? Sometimes somebody will say, come on, come out, you're just hiding yourself away. My first question would be, are you happy hiding yourself away? So we've got a few questions to help explore this topic in this podcast, to really look into this for yourself before you feel that it's a problem and look at your nature, look at your needs and just follow along with us some questions and discussion today to try and help you gain some clarity. And I think it's important that we come back to that first question being, are you happy hiding from the world? Because certainly if you are, and that's what you need to be doing right now, if that, if you need to be caring for yourself and really nesting up, it's okay. It's when it becomes something that keeps us from enjoying our lives and getting out and being a part of the world and being with our families and doing the things we love. That's when we get in trouble. There's a yes or no question here, isn't there? The first question being, are you happy hiding from the world? So if it's yes, this is something we're going to be exploring more in this podcast. For me, yes, I'm often happy hiding from the world. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) If your answer is no, and you feel like your anxiety is keeping you in your home too much or away from situations that you feel you need to be able to be in, perhaps education or work situations, or you feel it's restricting your life, That's another discussion, and that's something we can talk about in another episode. So firstly, yeah, to ascertain, are you happy hiding away from the world? And a couple years back, we talked about 
our experiences um, with Susan Cain's best-selling book, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Won't Stop Talking. It's like such a great book. I love that I'm still thinking about how that moved me. And I know that it moved you as well. I think you're, I think you're the person who turned me on to reading Susan's book. But this is a book that really helped me understand and a lot of people around the world. And I think, I think you probably already knew you were more introverted, but at the time, in my case, and many of our listeners, we'd been trained or brought up to be extroverts. And in the world that I was in before the anxiety slayer world, it was all about being out in front and making presentations and teaching and training and being seen and being on and very extroverted stuff. And as I noticed and listeners noticed, that would deplete us sometimes. And we didn't really understand why. And quiet helped you see that, well, yeah, introverts and extroverts are charged differently. And introverts are charged when, with their alone time, recharged with their alone time. Extroverts are recharged by people. Such, you know, that was like my big takeaway from, from reading that book. And there's so many more. But, but today we're going to talk more and look back at, at some of our realizations from reading and discussing this book even, even further. Yeah, I think for me, the first realization was not, as you said, I, I was aware that I was quite introvert by nature. But what really made me heave a sigh of relief when I read the book was that it's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're less than. It doesn't mean you're substandard. It doesn't mean you're not pulling your weight. It also doesn't mean you can't speak in public or teach workshops or host a podcast. <laughs> we can do all the things we need to do. But as you said, we, we sort differently and we recharge differently and we're nourished differently. And they're both okay. They both have their place, just different, different natures. So for me, it's like I am an introvert and I am sensitive. And it's okay. It's okay to be me. And for me, yes. that was really quite a healing realization. And I made a lot of highlights in that book. And every so often I go back over them. And I think it's really a good book to have on your shelf and review. In the introduction, Susan writes, if there is only one insight you can take away from this book, I hope it's a newfound sense of entitlement to be yourself. I can vouch personally for the life-transforming effects of this outlook. Mm. And and that is what I got from the book. Definitely. So powerful. Yeah, it's healing. It's, otherwise, we're up against our own nature. It's like being a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not able to just honor and care for who we are, and we always feel substandard, or, or we, we're always having these expectations of others imposed on us. We always think everyone else thinks how we think. <laughs> True. Doesn't allow for diversity and, and hearing and understanding each other. We always think everyone thinks the same as me. So an extrovert will say, Come on out. What are you doing? What are you doing in your pajamas with a book? And they'll think yeah. you're nuts. So for me, right. You know, anytime after 6 p.m., that's pajama and book time. And for me, that's a good evening. Bring out the book, bring out the hot drink. Yeah. And I will think, What are you doing going out? <laughs> you, know, you could you could rest and, and, and nourish your mind. So we always project what we think is the norm, but we have to be comfortable enough with our own norm, our own self to say, okay, have a nice time. That's good for you. I'm happy for you. And I'm happy doing this for me. 
That makes me think of uh, of another passage in the introduction of the book that uh, that America, well, it says America, but let's just say the world has shifted from uh, what the influential cultural historian Warren Sussman called the culture of character to a culture of personality and opened up a Pandora's box of personal anxieties from which we would never quite recover. I found that to be really powerful. And it makes me think of another book, um, how to, how to, Win Friends and Influence People that was written, I don't know how many years ago, a long time ago by Dale Carnegie. And things really started to shift at that time when that when that book came out and people in business and sales and advertising and all reading that book and, and learning to be more extroverted than they might normally be. And, you know, we talk a lot about it extroverts and introverts. And there's also omniverts. There's people who are, are certainly a little bit of both. I think that, um, that we become a little bit of both depending on how we're trained, uh, both professionally and society. But let's talk more about extroverts and introverts. I'd like to also just refer back to the point you made there where Susan Cain does say, if we were 100% one or the other, we'd go crazy. We would. <laughs> we would. The quote, that you just read, the passage you just read from the book, came from an introduction where she was, I believe, speaking about Dale Carnegie and that time in American history where the personality culture really came forward. She, she oh, cites yeah. that as a, as a pivotal point. So it's really an interesting read. So, yeah, extroverts are defined as the people who will add life to your dinner party and laugh generously at your jokes. They tend to be assertive, dominant, and in great need of company. Extroverts think out loud and on their feet. They prefer talking to listening, rarely find themselves at a loss for words, and occasionally blurt out things they never meant to say. They're comfortable with conflict, but not with solitude. And introverts, in contrast, may have strong social skills and enjoy parties and business meetings, but after a while, they wish they were home in their pajamas. (laughs) I can totally relate to that. Um, They prefer to devote their social energies to really close friends and colleagues and family, tend to listen more than they talk, think before they speak, and often feel as if they express themselves better in writing than in conversation. They tend to dislike conflict, and many have a horror of small talk, but enjoy deep discussions. And, And again, that's, yeah. I would much rather have a deep discussion than talk about the weather any day. Absolutely. I do have a nervousness of small talk situations. I find it really depleting. It makes me so tired. (laughs) I can do it. And I hope that I will listen and connect with others nicely, but I find it really depleting. I think it's really important to listen over this. If you're thinking, my anxiety makes me want to hide away, Really explore it and and think over this. Do you prefer to listen? Do you prefer small groups? Do you prefer closer, deeper, more explorative conversation? Are you do you consider yourself a sensitive person? Do you consider yourself a creative person? These things often go with a more introvert nature. And it doesn't mean less than sensitive right. is beautiful, creative it is, is it's wonderful there to be cherished and treasured just because you can't jump up on stage and juggle or spin a hula hoop or it doesn't matter if it's not your thing. 
When I was at school, I suffered horribly because I wasn't particularly confident athletically. I just didn't like being out there in front of people trying to catch things and throw things, and it used to make me quite stressed, and it just got more and more stressful for me when it came time to try and do the high jump or this and that, and everyone was looking at me. I, w- I was not that kid that was particularly confident with my body. I wasn't particularly confident just on show because we have these boxes, activities that we expect children to do and that expectation goes over into our adulthood. Sometimes we really suffer for that and we feel extremely uncomfortable in situations where we might not shine, but we don't have to feel any less than because we're not shining in somebody else's area. Well said. You know, within uh, Susan's book, there was a quiz. Do you want to talk about that quiz or or should we just guide people to the uh, the website to take it? I thought we could do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do the quiz. All right. Let's do the quiz from the book. Uh, if you're still not sure where you fall on the introvert extro- extrovert spectrum, you can assess yourself um, by answering true or false to the following statements or questions. The first one is, I prefer one-on-one conversations to group activities. True. And again, you would answer true or false. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, you go ahead and you go ahead and answer these questions, and I. <laughs> well, you answer them too. Yeah, true. Definitely, I really prefer one-on-one conversations. I often prefer to express myself in writing. True. Yeah, sometimes. I, yeah. Like, I like a good one-on-one conversation, but yeah, writing brings reflection and clarity. Yeah, that can be true. I enjoy solitude. I crave it. True. True. Gotta have it. I dislike small talk, but I enjoy talking in depth about topics that matter to me. True. True. People tell me that I'm a good listener. True. Yeah, true. I hope. (laughs) You are for sure. You are absolutely for sure. I enjoy work that allows me to dive in with few interruptions. Yes, true, True. all day long. Ding, 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 ding. Bring out the earplugs. Yeah, right. I can get quite grumpy if I'm interrupted in the midst of a process. I don't like it. (laughs) Uh, Thankfully, neither does my husband or my daughter, so it works out just fine. We do our thing. Uh, I like to celebrate birthdays on a small scale with only one or two close friends and family members. True. True. Do not please throw me a surprise party. <laughs> yes, we have an agreement and we have an agreement that we will never do that to each other. Uh, I dislike conflict. I can say true or false. It just depends. I'm not, I'm not really, I don't have a fear of it. I Certainly I love things to flow and, and not be in a place of conflict, but sometimes we learn when, uh, when conflict comes up, sometimes conflict can be a good teacher. Yeah. I like harmony. Me too. I really appreciate harmony. I don't like conflict, but I can handle it if I need to. I do my best work on my own. True. Uh, Yes. uh, Yes. And no. I think it's true, but I also like, for instance, our partnership. Yeah. We do our work on our own and then we come together and meld it and share it. And so, you know, a one-on-one partnership, I really prefer working with someone versus having a a big team. Mm. So we, our process is that we pretty much in terms of the hours that we invest in Anxiety Slayer, we're working alone, but in collaboration and we keep in touch between episodes. 
But then there is definitely that coming together to record, to share, to discuss content and respond to our listeners. So yeah, I think in terms of hours, much of our work is solo, but I really don't think I'd still be doing Anxiety Slayer if it was totally solo. I really enjoy our partnership and... Yeah, I agree. And that that connection. I, I don't think I would either. I, w- I wouldn't have the um, attention span to stick around almost nine years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa, shiny lures, what's next? What? <laughs> uh, uh, but but back, back to the quiz, uh, I feel drained after being out and about, even if I've enjoyed myself. True. true. That is true for me, too. I often let calls go through to voicemail. It's true. Always. It's always. true. <laughs> I saw this cartoon. Um, it was one of those gifts on Facebook of a dog with these really wide eyes. And it was like, yeah. you know, when you accidentally pick up something you meant to let go through to voicemail. Yeah, I do. I screen my calls. I'm, I don't have a lot of energy for, for phone conversations. That drains me. I, and I don't like the electromagnetic stuff that comes mm-hmm. out of these devices that affects my head. So, yeah. It does. We're just supposed to be saying true, but Ananga's given a lot of info here. <laughs> no, this is good. No, I like that we're buzzing through some and then talking more about others. Uh, if I had to choose, I'd prefer a weekend with absolutely nothing to do to one with many things scheduled. That is true for me. True. I enjoy, excuse me, I don't enjoy multitasking. True. Are you going to share your breakfast today? <laughs> <laughs> so this morning, I put some almond milk and some barley and some flax and a little bit of oatmeal in a pan with and, and put it on low and then put the timer on and went into the laundry room to uh, do some laundry, fold some clothes. Um, that also is a place where I have a little area set up for taking care of monthly bills and things. And so I was doing that. The timer went off and I thought, oh, OK, the timer went off. But then I finished doing what I was doing because I was almost done. <laughs> and I went into the kitchen to find that uh, most of the breakfast cereal was stuck to the bottom of the pan. And thankfully, I was able to salvage my breakfast and you know, added a little bit more almond milk and enjoyed it just fine. But the point being, even though I thought I was doing one thing at a time, I was not. I was multitasking. And my breakfast was nearly ruined. So, <laughs> <laughs> so really, why couldn't I have just allowed myself that 10 minutes while the, the cereal was doing its thing and then eat it and then go do the laundry? So, yeah, I busted. I used to brag about multitasking. I'm like, I'm great multi. Now it's just I just laugh about it because I tend to get myself in hot water. or. Yeah. Uh, porridge when I do it. Yeah, it spins my head out terribly. I I will toast a sock or something. I'd rather not. It takes too much nervous energy. So yeah, I do not enjoy it. True. Mm -hmm. And the last question is, in classroom situations, I prefer lectures to seminars. And I can't, I don't know if I can say true or false. I guess I would say lectures. I I guess I would. Yes. Yeah, I love, yeah, true, mainly true. Occasionally, I really enjoy going to a seminar. I find it really inspiring to sit amongst other like-minded souls and really soak it up. But that will be about once or twice a year. Lectures online, I love them. I can take notes, I can reflect, I can rewind. It becomes a really immersive experience for me. So yeah, pretty much true. I went to uh, 
coaching seminar out in California a few years back. And and it was well done. It was well produced. There were all kinds of upbeat, happy people in the room, you know, hundreds of them. And the event started, and it had been several years since I'd been to a seminar. I used to go to them all the time in my prior business life. But this was uh, this was different. And they started out, and all of a sudden, they're playing music, and they want everybody up out of their chairs, and they want everybody to dance. And I thought, oh, my God, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, really? And it's not so much that I don't – I love music, and and I love to dance but not in a group of hundreds of people of strangers in this big room. And I didn't go back. I didn't go back. So I, I enjoyed the day and, um, I didn't go back for the second day. It was too much. And also after that in in getting to meet people, that was great. And then we broke into small groups and that was fine. Mm. And there were some wonderful smaller group presentations that I enjoyed immensely, but not, but it was all, too much for me to go back for day two. I was like, okay, nope, I'm done. And it's okay. Yeah. And it was okay. I was taking care of myself. So again, it doesn't necessarily mean, I think it's important to come back here because you raise a really good example coming back to the title of this episode. It doesn't always mean it's our anxiety that's making us hide away from the world. Sometimes we find the world a bit much and that makes us a bit anxious or uncomfortable. Right. Really too much. I'm not good with the tap your neighbor on the shoulder and Tell them something mm. you've never told anyone. Or, you know, the, no, the team, team building exercises. Oh, Lord, it makes me mm-hmm. clench. <laughs> yeah. And as for dancing, I'm all about dancing. But dancing to me, that happens in your pajamas in the kitchen on your own. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> While your oatmeal's on. <laughs> so chances are, if you answered true to more of these questions than not, you might be leaning towards more of an introverted personality. And as we were mentioning earlier in the episode, there's no such thing as a pure extrovert or a pure introvert, but we can benefit from understanding which way we we lean for sure. And it's also important to understand that introvert doesn't mean recluse. It doesn't mean that you can't be a leader or a speaker or a, mus- or a musician. Uh, all of those things can absolutely be done. It does say a lot about your preferred environment. And in a performance-driven society dominated by noise and extrovert expectations, an introvert may feel that they're not up to the mark. And when the fact is that it's not their mark, (laughs) it's not our, you know, it's not our mark. So in other words, we feel judged to hit a target that doesn't really suit our nature. So get to know what your nature is. We all have stories and we all have situations that we've been put in that we're not comfortable with. And when you can say no, it's okay to say no. Um, When you need to keep up for work or whatever you might be doing, um, you you do your best. And if you have to stop, then you stop. Mm -hmm. And get to know yourself and get to know that you are okay as you are and your preferences are okay. I heard way too many times in my childhood and youth that I was too sensitive too sensitive I can't, oh, yeah. for who i can't be why are you so sensitive yeah toughen up it's a tough world out there i am sensitive and i i like being sensitive i wouldn't be doing anxiety slayer if i wasn't right. sensitive but i always felt oh i'm too sensitive for who right for somebody who's insensitive <laughs> exactly who wants to be insensitive 
Yeah. You know, if if we are able to be good listeners, that can save a person's life. It can mean the world to somebody to be able to be heard. Right. How many people can we serve if if we're just sensitive around them and and make room for others' individualities and the work of Brené Brown in this regard to me is so so important when she just talks about being able to be vulnerable and to live with heart. She always says courage is a heart word. It comes from core, which means heart. To live with heart mm. and to be okay with being you. I love it. So to, to summarize our thoughts for today, if you're concerned that your anxiety makes you feel like hiding away from the world, please think on this. And my understanding from reading Susan Cain's book, which we highly recommend, is that we get depleted and increase our stress and anxiety when we're battling with our own nature, battling against who we naturally feel we are. But when we honor our right to individual preference and practice self-understanding that supports our nature, we feel more at home in ourselves and we suffer less with anxiety born of expectation, whether that expectation comes from ourselves or from somebody else. Well said, well said. And we highly recommend reading Quiet read the book. You're going to love it. And we welcome your comments and feedback on this podcast. And as always, thank you so much for sending in your listener questions. We are creating a private Facebook group soon. We don't have the specific details this week, but we will have more information for you next week. So if you want to go deeper with us in conversation outside of this podcast, we've made that available to you. And also remember, remember, if you haven't done so already, head over to anxietyslayer.teachable dot com and get your anxiety slayer starter course it's totally free and it is full of so much valuable information thanks again for listening we are so glad you join us each week get everything you need to start slaying your anxiety today visit anxietyslayer.teachable.com to claim our free anxiety slayer starter course you get four guided sessions, including an EFT tapping session, guided breathing practice, and special module on overcoming the fear of anxiety. Don't just listen to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. Become an Anxiety Slayer. Claim your free Anxiety Slayer starter course at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. <laughs>